Twisted Games. Hey guys, welcome to Twisted Games. This is Amber. I'm Monica. Are you excited that it's starting to feel like fall now? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I saw frost on the rooftops this morning oh when my I was gosh. taking the little ones to school and I was like, oh, it's time. It's time. <laughs> Monica is addicted to mm. fall and she usually starts sending me texts around July. <laughs> like, I can't I wait. Do. I do. It's coming up. I can't <laughs> wait. And I'm like, you are crazy. Uh, I'm yes. like, let's party during the summer all day long. Yeah, like, I, that's my thing. I love no. summer, summer, summer. I love that. But, but no, I start the countdown in July. Very, very much so. Yeah. In August, like the first, I'm like, sweaters? And you're like, no, dude. No. No sweaters. No, no sweaters. <laughs> yeah, we're in Colorado, so if you're not familiar we definitely hit 80 degree days and then it drops yeah. to like 40 and then All 80 degree yeah. yeah so right now we're on a little bit of a colder front so it's only hitting about 70s right now during the mm-hmm. day where we're at mm-hmm. but the nights are even right now it's 50 40 just enough for like your hoodie and your yoga pants mm-hmm. and your fuzzy socks and you feel really legit which i've been in for a month <laughs> But yes, now probably I can wear sweating. sweating. Probably sweating. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. I'm not sweating anymore. But it is nice. I'm so excited. I was still in like shorts and a t-shirt and summer dresses, and Monica's all bundled up in mm-hmm. her favorite cozy sweater. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so you're not fuzzy right now? Why are you not wearing this? I'm stuff like, because it's me? 85 degrees outside. <laughs> yes, down. I am addicted. I know. I have problems. It's been like this for a very long time. I basic bitch it up. I'm not you call it what you will. I know what it is. I know what it is. She is. And I it's probably wear it as a badge. <laughs> I mean, I do it. I'm really excited about the story today. Are you? I'm excited to hear yeah. it. Yeah. It's actually about trying to make superhumans. Mm. I'm so happy I didn't spit that tea out. What? Yeah. It's kind of crazy, so... Who uh, tried to make sense? Well, we'll kind of go into that, but it's it's really interesting, and when you kind of hear some of the history that's going on around at this time, you kind of see where it's coming from. Okay. This was kind of classified in some sources as a three-person cult. I don't really know if I would classify this family like that, mm-hmm. but let's kind of jump into this. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, Here we go. so this uh, happened in France, and I will do my best on pronunciations. Well, well, please, well. Please bear with me. <laughs> so in 1936, there was this 34-year-old businessman named Louis Didier. Okay, so Didier. He convinced this very poor mining family oh, that had a boatload of kids to give him one of their daughters. As a piece of furniture? Yeah. So given one of their daughters, six-year-old uh, Janine, you know, this family is struggling to provide yeah. anything it's for 1930s. their large family in his 1930s. Yeah. He convinced him and says, if you give me this daughter, and he chose her because she was blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, here. Okay. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So he chose Where her because of that. <laughs> and so he's like, if you give me this kid, I promise you that she won't starve. I will educate her. And she'll be taken care of. That's hard. But you can never have contact with her again. They agreed. Oh, my gosh. I wish you guys could see my face right now. That is heartbreaking in so many different ways. Yeah. Kind of need to back up a little bit and do a little bit of a history lesson to kind of see why would anyone just give up their child? Because they didn't know this person. Right. It wasn't like he was particularly charming in any way. Mm-hmm. He was just this wealthy guy. But if you think of the 30s, 
World War One ended in 1918. Right. Right. Most of that battle was in France yep. at this point. Mm-hmm. So they lost a huge portion of their population. Yep. So all these young men died. There was a lot of orphan children. There were factories destroyed, cities destroyed, farmland destroyed. The country actually had to import a lot of its goods because they didn't have farmlands or agriculture to produce anything. So there's food shortages everywhere. So they're spiraling in an immense amount of debt. They can't feed these kids that are orphaned. You know, all this stuff is going on. And Germany, in theory, was supposed to kind of help pay reprimands. If I'm sure there's some history buffs out there and you will know way more than me. But, you know, the Treaty of Versailles, you know, they kind of talk about that was the idea behind it. They were supposed to take blame and pay money, which is all well and good. And France obviously sure. wanted that because that theory. would help them mm-hmm. get out of this. But, you know, Germany obviously didn't like it. And as you know, that's one of the things that led to World War Two. you know, later on. So... They weren't really holding up their end of the deal. So France was in immense debt. They eventually got into the Great Depression. Now, the Great Depression hit France later than other parts of the world. And there is some say that says it didn't hit them as hard, but I was reading some other data that it did. It was just hard to track because their banking system wasn't very accurate. It wasn't consistent. And all the ins and outs, all the T's weren't crossed and the I's weren't dotted, so it was hard to track. Either way, food shortages, coal plummeted, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. So you've got this family that's living in this country after a huge war, Mm -hmm. has all these mouths to feed, and then you have one person that says, I can provide for at least one of your children, one less mouth to feed, but you can't ever see them again. I guess that's a decision. That's an ultimatum of yeah. Like, yeah. You want her to have everything you can't provide her. Yeah. And I get that. I get that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're starving. This isn't the only family that's facing they're this ultimatum. To... No, no, no. The I whole country imagine. is like this. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. They agree. DDA has Janine now, six years old, and he did actually uphold his part of the bargain. He was really wealthy. So he fed her. He immediately sent her to all sorts of boarding school. So he was, she was actually not home hardly at all right. at this point. Um, remember, he's 34 and she's six. So quite an age gap there. Um, he, I don't like the way you just <laughs> Well. <laughs> I don't like so, that at all. <laughs> and then he, he chooses her majors and sends her to university and says, mm-hmm. you have to learn Latin and um, philosophy. Like, you don't have a choice. So she goes and does that. God, so I wish my parents didn't give me that choice. That would yeah. be nice. I mean, yeah. that's the only positive I've heard yeah. so far. And gosh, I would have loved yeah. that. Yeah, so Didier, you know, right now isn't sounding too horrible. No. Like, where we're at right kinda now. Kind of weird, okay. but weird, yeah. but okay. Yeah, kind of weird. So sends her off. She's going to go learn all this information. Um... When she hits age of consent, he marries her. What's age of consent back uh, then? You know, it was really unclear, but people were getting married around 17 years I, old, 16 right. years old. Well, you got to think. You were a spinster at 16 yeah. back then. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I so can imagine it, it wasn't older. super clear, but then she ended up having a daughter at 20. Okay. Okay. I can't judge that. Me too, girl. So this is Maude. But it was with him. With him. Who? <gasps> That's yeah. gross as hell. Because she yeah. probably thought of him as her dad. Because yeah. he was with her since she was six. Correct. <gasps> yeah. Okay. And so, and he's pushing 50, and Ew. he just had this baby. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Now, hey, age gaps happen, but it's, sure. it is weird in the fact that he raised her. Exactly. He raised her. Exactly. No, he was, she was never really home. She was always away at boarding schools and then university and all of that, but... 
Yeah. It's weird. It's but weird. But still, yeah, he, yeah. Yes. He took over the parenting figure. He yeah. He made all the life decisions. He did all of that. And now he's like, let's have babies. No. Yeah. Now, Ew. he always planned to have a baby with her because he needed a blonde hair, blue eyed baby. As they did back then. Well, I'm and sure. also we came from World War One, where Nazis were favoring blonde hair yeah. and blue eyes. And mm. yeah. So DDA was actually extremely paranoid after all these wars and kind of living in that era. And his main goal of having those blue blue-eyed, blonde-haired baby was to create a superhuman that could survive concentration camps and end-of-world type scenarios. I can't even. I so can't even. His I whole should goal. preface this with my grandfather <laughs> survived concentration camps, so my face over I wish you guys could see it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this guy is crazy. Yes. <laughs> he really believes that he's going to help create the savior Oh, my God. And he's really focusing on doing everything in his power to get her to survive concentration camps. <laughs> now, on the surface, sounds a little loony, but you're like, okay, yeah, you just went through this war, a lot of death and, sure. you know, horrible things. Maybe Fine. not so bad. However, how he decides to try to train her for this, that's where things get real crazy. I thought I had the crazy stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is wild and this we are so 10 weird. minutes in. Yeah. Now, oh DDA, God. so why they kind of say, like, three-person cults? Because he definitely had, like, the background of a cult leader mm-hmm. in the way that his dad was abusive and did weird crap to him all the time to the mm. point that he actually tricked him into eating his own pet rabbit when he was a child. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, crazy Okay, I shit. feel bad for child him. I yeah. don't feel bad for adult him, but child him, that's horrible. He was kind of in love slash obsessed with his mother. He was obsessed over his sister who ended up dying later on in life. So, you know, he had some trauma okay. going into yeah, this. Sure. And then he hit the war. Uh-huh. That made everything. He became a very successful businessman, though. So he did come out of it. And now he's got this daughter. This is wild. <laughs> this is wild. He wants to train Maud. Poor and he Maude. believes that training Maude physically, mentally, and emotionally, and he started this training at four. But I thought he had her when she was six. No, Janine. Oh, okay. Janine that's was right. six. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Janine so, was six, Maude was four. Yeah, Janine yes, ended up being right. okay. coming his wife. So he wasn't, he was definitely controlling with Janine, but there wasn't a whole lot of background. But later on, as Janine, the mom, as uh-huh. an adult, you can definitely see the control and the fear and the paranoia sure. brought into I'm that. Sure. So you definitely see that it was going on, but there wasn't a whole lot of details of how he raised her or yeah. anything. Um, but, he, you know, Janine's mom, DDA's dad, Maude is the daughter between the even. two of them. I can't even. <laughs> when Maude turned about four, he sold off all his stuff, and he bought a separate house. They all stayed on the property and almost never left it. That's red flaggy. Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, if there's all the other ones, but that's Training's intense at this point. At four to five, like, he would start training her. So she had to learn through the years multiple languages, French, German, English, Latin, all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. he had to do that. And then she had to go through a lot of physical and emotional training. Mm-hmm. She was not allowed to express any emotion on her face. Okay. And this is a four-year-old, guys. Four. four. This is four, five, six. These are kind of like the big years that a lot of this right. started. Yeah. And then it just continued through her young adult. Oh, my god. So 
like even that, I was like, what? How That's do you get a crazy. To not make faces. Yeah. My At five, he started getting her drunk faces. and what? putting through tests because the idea of that is. If you can outdrink the person next to you, you can control them. So he was trying to build up her alcohol tolerance so that this five-year-old could outdrink adults and then be able to mind control them out of potentially leading to a concentration camp. I just... (laughs) Yeah. Like... Yeah. Where does logic come from? (laughs) That's the idea. These tests are insane so even at these five six seven year old poor mod one of the tests and they build on through the years they start off with a test and they call it all these names like oh this is you know your surprise a test and this is the whatever test of strength and this is your test of will and this is your test of blah 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 so they have all these weird tests all of them are abuse so Uh please know that so one of the tests uh, that started off one of the first ones is that she was forced to go down in the cellar. So remember, these are older homes and there's often rats down there. Sure. They often butcher animals down in their cellars and they prepare meat and they keep it there. And right. uh, so she was forced to be down in the cellar in the dark, sit on this chair and not move. They would lock her down there for several hours. Jesus. And she was supposed to meditate and get the mind of death. And she still doesn't know what that means. This is Mod. a child. She does not know what that yeah. means. And so she's supposed to contemplate death. She's supposed to meditate. And she can't move. And to make sure she's not moving, they end up putting her in a vest with little bells on there so they can listen for any jingles. Guys, this is a five-year-old. She's five. I can't sit still. I was, I was just about to say that you should see me work. I'm up, down, I'm all around. I'm over there typing, but I can't type while I'm standing still. Yep. Sitting still, like... And so when she was trained to, like, not keep her mouth open because they told her that if her mouth was open down there, the rats would crawl in her mouth and eat her from the inside out. I can't even. Where is he getting his information? Like, it's obviously not Wikipedia because his computer is running. Like, where is he picking all this up? Yeah. Pretty, pretty disgusting. Um, And there's – we'll go over more tests as we go on. I mean, really the mentality was to make sure she doesn't trust anyone but him. Which is very culty, you know. Don't sure. trust anyone but me. I'm the only one that's going to be here for you. He was, I mean, paranoid to the point that they weren't allowed to have the shutters open at night in their house because the snipers could see them and shoot them through. I mean, this guy survived World War One, so he definitely had some residual. I was say, that the paranoia, sure, like, obviously mentally wise, he's going through that paranoia specifically. Yeah. I get. That one. Yeah. The fucking rats in the mouth, dude? Like, yeah. no. Well, yeah. any of the other stuff, no. No. And it, and it was weird because he had these moments where you thought maybe he would be nice, and then he would totally oh. twist it to be jacked up. Like, uh, he got a dog, and Maude was really good with animals. Mm-hmm. She actually re- really connected with animals, and so as this five, six-year-old, she's developing this relationship with a dog. The dog loves her. You know, they're great. He ends up abusing the dog and shunning oh. it away and everything and training it. So when Maud gets too close, it starts attacking her. Oh, my god! And he does that. See, I told you, you know, you can only trust me. Even the things that you love, you know, will eventually turn on you. 
That's heartbreaking. Yeah. So she wasn't allowed to make any connections yeah. whatsoever. So she still ended up getting some connections through with animals later on because they made this dog stay outside, and the idea was this dog was going to be their guard dog. Um, so she still loved this dog. It was still, you know, relatively nice because it felt yeah. bad after it attacked her. Sure. But it was starved and abused, and it's just, you know, you do that to an animal. She ended up getting a duck the same way. Like, she ended up saving this duck that was, you know, getting killed in their pond by, you know, other ducks because it was a little thing. Mm, and he let her right. keep this duck. So it was, like, kind of weird because, like, there are some instances where he had, like, a glimmer of decency. Mm -hmm. But then he would just totally destroy it in the next instance. Um, Yeah. If you tell me he made her eat this duck, I'm going to lose my shit. No. So the duck (laughs) lived whatever long life is for a duck. Like, I I think at least a decade because that's when we kind of stop hearing about it later on. So it was a long, you know, I I don't know if that's long, but I'm assuming it was, it was, you know, um, she ended up getting a horse at one point because riding lessons were really important. Oh, DDA thought he was um, a a knight at some point and he was training her to also be a knight for surviving these concentration camps. (laughs) Oh it's like so many oddities. I'm like, what? But of course, she'd have to pretend to be male because women can't be knights. So he got her a horse so that she could learn how to ride. Now, granted, no one in their family knew how to ride. Her dad didn't know how to ride or anything, but she had to ride. Oh um, at one point or another, the horse ended up eating. It was several, a couple of years later, ended up eating something that didn't sit well, ended up dying. The mother blamed her and said, see, you fed it. You weren't taking care of your horse, and now you killed it. Excuse me, ma'am. You should not be any part of this. No. Incorrect. And also, by the way, when I said facts, I did not mean I actually believed women could not be knights. I meant that I know they believe they cannot be knights. Right. We absolutely can. I cannot say it. No. That's crazy. So she was a part of this mental abuse as well then. Mom? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So mom... that she grew up in that. Mom definitely resented her because one and and i think a big part of that is because for a large portion of her life for 14 15 16 years she was able to be out in the public be in school be all these things learn all this information and then mod came along and after a couple years all the focus transferred to how to train mod I mean, as sad 15, as it is, it 18 hours a day mm-hmm. type of crazy regimen. Mm, that's unfortunate. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And so, yeah, it was pretty intense on that side. So when the horse died, they buried it. It fell on her because she was like, she had to drag the horse into the pit that they dug up. How old was she again? She was about six or seven when this and happened. she's dragging. I don't even know if I could drag a horse Yeah. Right yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. While he sits on a stool and watches them. Uh, it falls on her into the grave and no one helps her out of the grave. So she has to scramble up the side. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's. Listen. And then because she kept visiting the grave, they ended up building uh, a building over it so she couldn't go and visit the grave anymore. She can't even have that? No. Because cool. that's emotional. Oh my. That's right. And I you're forgot. not supposed to have any emotion. No emotions. No attachments. Cool, cool, cool. That's wild. So that's just part of it. Um, 
most of her abuse was done mentally, emotionally, and physically as far as, like, the tests go. Um, unfortunately, she did get some sexual abuse from a laborer that they hired. Did he know? The mom walked in on it at so one point she... and said nothing and turned around. Shut the... This guy, it, from the age of, like, six, seven, eight, nine, he was assaulting her. And That's wild so she and really it was pretty graphic her. now um this is all in her book that she wrote her memoir so if oh. you want to see some of the details you can go there i'm not really going to no, talk about but no, it was I'm good. I'm good. it was pretty gross it yeah. i mean it's always gross but some of the details of the assault are just just repulsive mm-hmm. on there so as she started, you know, maintaining the cellar and the rats and everything, she um, had to be part of the butchering of animals to help learn and some of that. She killed her probably because she loves them. Yep. Uh, yep. So she had to go back in the cellar and wash these animals drain and mm-hmm. clean them and help package all the meat, which was kind of normal, except... Not often were these young children, especially from rich families, having to watch these animals be killed. Sure. And they made her go, especially for the veal, which Mm -hmm. is baby cows, Mm -hmm. they made her go in and calm the animal because if you stressed out the animal beforehand, it would ruin the meat. Mm -hmm. And they would say if the meat turned pink, then she didn't do her job well enough and that animal was stressed out. So she'd have to go in the pen, earn the animal's trust, get it to be calm. And then when she would least expect it, the butcher would be there and, like, shoot the animal in the head. This is why, A, I don't eat veal. I am not vegan. I am not vegetarian. But I don't eat babies. And then you had a baby calming the baby. That's even more hard. Yeah. So pretty messed up there. Um, They had these random tests where they would just wake her up randomly in the middle of the night. And she'd have to get dressed. And uh, it was something stupid, like 15 seconds or 30 seconds, and he would time her. So she'd have to throw on her clothes because he would immediately go outside. And then she had to roam around in the dark of their property to specific locations. It was a large property. She had to flick on lights on and off so her dad would know where she was at on the property outside. And again, this is like a young child in the middle of the night, dark. She kept losing track. Oftentimes, he would make her do it when there wasn't a moon out. Of course he would. Mm-hmm. Can he? Can, okay. You know what? No. I'm mad now. Can he pass his own tests? Oh, no. Probably no, not. No, no, no. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Most of the oh tests, he's, gosh. like, sitting on a stool or whatever. And he's sure. old. He's getting old. Uh-huh. And I, not to say 50s or 60s or old, but at that not time now. frame, yeah. But you're starting to get a little aged up there. Sure. Um, another test was she had to jump into freezing water and not show any sort of emotion or change in her outward appearance. And they would just throw her in. That's also how she learned to swim. They threw her in, which which I hear is pretty common for a lot of people. Like, oh, you just throw me in the deep end and see what happened. However, I don't think most people throw people in the deep end, see them almost drown, pull them out, and then immediately throw them back in and be like, learn from your mistakes. Which is what they did for her until she can make it to the side. No. Yeah. Of the pond. These people have a lot of energy, by the way. Because this takes a lot of energy to teach this girl all this stuff. Like... Yeah, it was it was very routine. Um, she also had to learn how to pick combination locks. Her dad did that with her. What does he want her to rob a bank? Yeah. What the? So if she ran out of money, she could rob a bank. That was specifically why oh, he, did really why he did it. 
Good guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, so she needed money he while should've... she's trying to escape and oh be a gosh. superhuman. She could rob a bank. He should have taken all this energy and put it towards, like, I don't know, writing a book. Yeah. Because his mind is creative as fuck. Yeah. Like, his yeah. six-year-old daughter is not going to rob a bank. Yeah. It was it was insane. Um, You know, on top of the languages, she learned lots of instruments, piano, accordion, saxophone, clarinet, drums, double bass. And mostly because musicians tend to survive concentration camps, or at least so DDA assumed. Sure. And whenever she was supposed to pick up a new instrument, it was only because, oh, were there survivors from the Constitution camp that learned that instrument? And then he would let her learn it. It was bizarre. You know what's weird to me is, like, hearing all of this is he wants her to survive a concentration camp. Great. Okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. She's blonde hair and blue eye. She's not going in. Yeah. What do you need? And we know this because of... Literally history books. So we know. What are you worried about? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, this super paranoid. You know, she's she's gonna go through this. Then are they Jewish? I saw nothing about um, religion. Denomination. So this is all just paranoia. Though. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is all. Um, you know, some of the punishments. So if she messed up any of these tests or if she failed them and was a disappointment, which they often told her she was. I was hoping you wouldn't bring up what happened, but yes, tell me. <laughs> but it was mostly emotional. I mean, mm. her training was physical abuse enough. Yeah. So the way they punished her is they would give her silent treatment for weeks and not show eye contact for like six weeks at a time. That's detrimental at that age. How, how do you not talk to your kid? I know. For five to six weeks. And then not give them any sort of eye contact. I know. Like they're invisible. And And those are the only people you know. There's no other That's true. You're right. You're right. I forgot that they're like. That's her world. one man that's over there like with the horses doing what he's doing. Yeah. Now eventually they start getting tutors. So there ends up being a couple of people for music or, you know, instruments. And they start teaching her that way. If any of them are too lax on her or say that she should go somewhere else, they immediately fire those tutors, those instructors. One of them they kept around for a long time, ended up moving in with them part of the mm-hmm. time, and he was horribly abusive. He'd, he'd smack her around with rulers and was really mean, and he ended up ditching the family at one point. So he ended up leaving. I don't know why. He yeah. That seems like a perfect job. <laughs> yeah, he for seemed a pretty, psycho. pretty great. They had, she had to read all these books that were way too advanced for her. You know, a lot of Nietzsche, a lot of philosophy, a lot of Shakespeare, which, you know, I like Shakespeare, but six, seven, eight, nine, I don't know about that. I mean, I like Mm -hmm. little quotes from Shakespeare. I'm not even going to lie. I've still never read. I read, as you can tell, murder. So, (laughs) I know. But I do do like some of the deeper stuff. But, like, as a six-year-old, my gosh. Yeah. So, mom only went to university so that she could be her homeschool teacher. Of course she did. Yeah. So during the day, you know, she would get up at six o'clock in the morning. She'd have to wait at a 610 to wake up her mom. Not 609, not 611. She woke up her mom, not the mom. Correct. Her. Correct. So she would wake up her mom and then they'd have to wait until 630 to wake up the dad. And it was interesting. And it was pretty nasty because she would actually have to hold a clear latrine in front of him so that he would pee no, no. on it that's gross yeah and mm-hmm. she had to look for any 
like white pieces that might suggest that he might be ill. And she'd have to sit there and she said it was so nasty because it would be warming in her hands and she would try not to look up and see her father sure. and then have was to go. He peeing white pieces like all the time? Well, he's aging and he was paranoid. Know. Do men yeah. pee white pieces? I yeah. don't know anything. It was something just to about. check his health to That's make sure he so wasn't. Gross. I'm assuming they kind of mean like kidney stones. That, yeah, that's, yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm assuming it's kind of yeah. like kidney stones that they're talking about. But yeah, she would have to help them get dressed and do all this stuff with the mom. Well, mom sure obviously doesn't want to do it either. And I get that. I feel bad for her as a child. I don't feel bad for her as an yeah. adult either. Yeah. So, you know, and they're very routine. And then she has to do all these studies and then these tests that he decides for her and, you know, all throughout the day. I mean, there's not a whole lot of time for her to be a kid at all. No, almost none. She probably um, doesn't know how to be a kid. Yeah, no, not at all. Her mom was supposed to teach her all this stuff, but she ended up failing. So did the mom get in trouble? They believed that she was a huge disappointment. Oh, okay. It's her fault. Again. Yeah, because in order for her to go to university uh, in France, she had to pass the specific test. I'm assuming their variation of like an SAT or an ACT. Okay. It had a very French name that I am not going to try to pronounce. But, you know, like these 16, 17, 18-year-olds would have to pass this test and then okay. they can move on to some university. She totally bombed the first test. Hmm. She got some right, like the music theory in the second test, but bombed all the rest. And that was kind of the consensus. Hmm. She kept failing this. And they were just like, your disappointment, your disappointment. Mom's very unsupportive. They have no connection. I mean, there's a couple of memories that they were talking about how it was kind of funny and they would share these moments of laughter, but it was so rare that it was very uncomfortable for them too. And they didn't know how to act around each other. Wow. Yeah. And it was obviously so traumatic that she brought it up in her book that she didn't know how to laugh with her mother. It was. Otherwise, her mom just resented her and was really mad. I mean, she would dictate mother day cards to her daughter. <laughs> And I'm Father sorry. Day card. Sorry. And, and now, like, I, when I say dictate, like, make her write out and be like, Mom, you're the most beautiful woman in the world and I love you so much and you're just the best. Cool. But tell her daughter to write all this stuff. And she was like, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> it meant nothing she to me. She told me to write this. And then she would show these letters to her husband and be like, look at this beautiful Mother's Day card that I got. It's so thoughtful. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, she was, she was living in her own turmoil, for sure. I know. And I feel horrible even laughing at that because the the psychology behind that, that you have to tell your daughter to tell you how loving and beautiful yeah. you are. That says that's yeah, so that's a lot. I mean, like that's and then horrible. and then act like it was legit. Yeah, like, <laughs> look, she thinks I'm amazing. No, no, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Yeah. So all this is going on for many years. She's you know having issues. She's failing all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point or another, DDA needs to hire someone to come and tune the piano. You know, she's learning okay. all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last instructor dipped out. The one that, that was, was all abusive. Around. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this guy stood up. So, Monsieur Molin, uh-huh. he's a music teacher. He came in and he was like, oh, tuning the piano. And he was incredibly charming. He knew all the right words to get DDA to kind of loosen up around him and be like, oh, well, because DDA didn't know you had to tune a piano. This is 
this is this kind of guy. He thought he knew everything, but he literally knew nothing <laughs> on Isn't that kind that of thing. How it goes, yeah, though? it was kind of crazy. That are mansplaining yeah. everything. Never know what. So he never tended about. for years. Um, and so instead of Malin being like, hey, you're an idiot, tune your piano, he was like, oh, well, in a house as fine as this, you only need to do it a couple times. Don't worry, I'll get that fixed for you. Well, yeah. he's he's charming the pants of him. He's recognizing Maud and is pretty impressed after he learns that she has all this talent and learning all these instruments um, and really knows how to play the game. Okay. So he ends up charming, and then DDA is impressed with him. It was like, can you start teaching my daughter? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what he was hired for initially. Was well, to, it was really to tune the piano, and then he uh-huh. kind of like made an impression, and he was like, please become our new instructor huh. so she can get better. And so he played the game seamlessly mm-hmm. where he was gentle and kind to Maude and knew when da- dad was listening in to their lessons and would start saying things like, you need to work harder. You're not getting this. I'm disappointing in you. But in his face, very kind. Interesting. And so she knew it didn't mean what he was saying. Right. He was playing it up for dad. How old is she at this point? So she is in her teens at okay. this point. Okay. At this point. So she's later teens. She's like 17, 18, 19. She kind of bounces around in her memoir as far as age. And time is definitely a loose timeline mm-hmm. in there. But mm-hmm. the, it, this is kind of later on mm-hmm. in there the last mm-hmm. few years um, because she's trying to get into university and she's doing all this stuff. So he knows never to leave the house without having a drink with dad convinces dad to let her start going to some music classes outside of the home. Oh, that's ingenious. Yeah. Get her out of the house. Yeah, some of that. Um, very restrictive. You know, it's his music school that she's going to, uh-huh. those kind of things. But he's he's becoming this advocate for her, but low-key. Uh-huh. And he, he does it in a way that DDA actually thinks it's his idea. Well, that's what you When he was listening in and was like, you would never survive at this school. If you could have a chance, maybe they could beat something into you, you know, blah, blah. And then he was like, do you think she should go to that school? He's like, well, I don't know if you think so. Like, he just had this way where he could convince this way to go. So that was was a good stepping stone for her. So now she's starting to get on public. She doesn't know what the heck to do in public. I, yeah, sure. She's yeah. a very tall woman. Um, they don't say specifically how tall, but she she makes comment that she sees over a lot of her peers. So she's a taller oh. woman. She's, you know, blue-eyed, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she doesn't know how to act. She's in outdated clothing, shoes that are too small for her feet. Oh, I didn't she even d- think of that. They're yeah. probably not clothing her properly. Yeah, oh yeah, not even close. You know, but she's starting to get a little interaction. She doesn't... Sounds of cars on the road scare her. She's not used to all the noise. She makes a sweet comment where she's like, I saw the horizon. Everybody should be able to see the horizon. It's beautiful. Like, And I was like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. DDA starts talking about, because she's in that 17, 18 thing about marriage for her now. Oh, Introduces gosh. her to Monsieur Delatali, who is 50 years old. Oh, no. Gay, <laughs> but rich. And so his whole plan, and he tells her this, is that... Is he openly gay? Enough that DDA knew it. 
DDA so, knew he was gay. So they, the family, okay. The family knew he was gay. And that, the point was, was that married women have more respect. They're always respected. Even if they end up getting divorced, they're respected. So the whole plan was that she was going to marry this guy, get divorced in six months that he would pay for, and then um, never get pregnant during that time, which with a gay man, you're pretty safe on that. Sure. I imagine. Yeah. Um, so don't consummate. They then she can be out in the world and start some of her superhuman. Oh my tasks. god! I forgot this was about her being a superhuman. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my gosh! I'm over here focused on all these other. I forgot she's supposed to be like a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is the only time that mom steps in and says, "No, there's too much of an aid gap. She is not going to marry him." Now you care. You didn't care when she was like six with the creep. I can, you know what? Get it together, family. Which Get is interesting together. because she married a 50-year-old. Yeah. Well. Just about. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so she it was, was kind of yes. like that retaliation of what she went through. And she's like, no. Ugh. That was as far as we could tell in what the story said was that that was the only time she actually stood up. Hmm. And Maude was actually shocked. Like, I don't know how to respond to this. Yeah. And Didier actually went with it. I was like, okay. So she should have just done that more. But I mean, it was it was bizarre. It was bizarre. But, you know, he was king in the castle. Monsieur Molin, this music teacher, actually introduces her to a 25 year old young man. It's still not him. So he's more of like a father figure. Yes. Thank God. Okay. So I thought you were going to tell me. No, no, no. He he is saintly this whole time. I really love him. He's like grandpa that sees this young lady in trouble and is trying to do what he can. He um, introduces her to this man named Richard. Richard somehow convinces DDA to let her marry him. But with the contention they're getting divorced in six months, not to constantly oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Don't do any of this. So she, she leaves the home, and uh, that's actually how she escapes. Good. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it was so weird because there was, like, all this trauma and dramatic backstory. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, I don't know, DDA just got too old to play the game? Sure. Okay, Mary, but you're going to get divorced in six months. And when she left, she was like, never coming back. No, dude. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So, so did she stay with the guy? So she is actually now 63 years old. Maude. She's, she's alive. She's still alive. Maude, you are a gangster. Okay. For real. Um, she is a psychotherapist. Wow. She specializes in trauma, phobias, and mind control. Uh-huh. She's happily married to her second husband at this point. She has multiple children. Uh-huh. She wrote this book that I got a lot of this information from. Wow. Yeah. So she's like killing it. Maude. So she dealt with all this stuff. She said some of the things that helped push her through were um, listening to the birds outside her window. Wow, that's such a small <laughs> thing. But yeah. it probably, like you just said, meant the world to her. Yeah. And uh, one of her quotes was, one can endure very different things and still find a way out. Okay. I, I get mean, that. She, I get, I, and that's kind of what she lives by. Now, it wasn't an easy path. It's not like once she left with Richard, it was all easy, clean for her. Um, she know. had random panic attacks that uh, actually put her and her child at risk at different times. I imagine they were in, like, very busy areas, and she didn't know how to cope mm-hmm. is kind of what they said. She didn't allude too much to those details. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she had to struggle social dynamics. She didn't. The paranoia, you know, all these things, yeah. showing emotion. Um, so she she had an uphill battle, but Maude is killing it. So it's a good good ending. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> she, 
Yeah. I'm mind blown over here. Like, yeah. I'm trying to come yeah, up with words. Yeah, the superhuman yeah. weird paranoid thing and all these crazy tests that were horrible. To survive concentration camps that she was never going to go to. Yeah. That's just, yeah. In, oh my gosh. So some of my sources, so we can talk about that, sure. is The Guardian, VoxEU.com, uh-huh. or .org, I'm sorry, Effects of World War One on France by William Anderson, and then her book is named The Only Girl in the World by Ma Julian. So if you want some of the details and you want more of that story, please, I urge you to go pick it up. It's a very interesting read. It's written in a memoir style, uh-huh. um, almost like a journal entry or someone recalling their childhood and their growth. It's she's very um, she's not it feels very detached from what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't describe a lot of emotion, but for someone that was taught not to have emotion, I was say, that's not yeah, shocking it, it was kind of interesting because you're kind of reading along, and you're like la 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 la, and I'm like, wait, what? You're so detached. Yeah, you that. just yeah. you you got thrown in the pond, and you were just like, oh, I'm just worried about getting out and surviving because I was drowning, and I'm like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it is a very interesting read, though. So what do you think? That was a good one? I just, like, <laughs> I, and you're going to hear through the whole, like, I just, you just heard me. I, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just, you know, when I, I thought. I almost ah, thought there was going to ah. be a more dramatic ending, but it was just kind of like, oh, DDA just kind of threw in the towel and she was like, okay. He gave up so quick. Uh-huh. so uncharacteristic of him. Uh-huh. And then the mom, the mom is mind-blowing because like I said earlier, I want to feel bad for her. Yeah. I do, but like, I can't because then you take over being her mom and you're supposed to be like, come on. You're not protecting you're her not in protecting any way and other than not marrying the gay man. Yeah. Because it's not like living with homeboy was the best idea. You oh, know, yeah. Like, it just... This story is so... I, I'm going to go read that book. Yeah. I need to read that book <laughs> Yeah. Because that is... It's crazy. It's crazy that somebody went through what she went through and she has thrived. Yeah. Thrived. thrived. She killed it. I was like, dang, girl. Like, some, you know, we hear a lot of stories of struggle for these survivors and understandably so, mm-hmm. um, th- you know, therapies of all kind. And she certainly is still going through therapy and sure. helping herself out. Yeah. Um, but the fact that she is just very successful at what she does, she has a very happy relationship and children to boo. It's just right. pretty, I don't know how you get a better ending than that. I don't, I just, <laughs> that was a great story. I just, that is amazing. That is amazing. If there's anything that this podcast is, it is for victims like her. Yeah. Because that is amazing. I mean, like, not only did she survive, but she's thriving. And yeah. And, like, when you can do both of those, and a lot of people surviving is enough. Survive. Yeah. yeah. Surviving is enough. And then you thrive and make mm-hmm. a whole life on top of that. Amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I, I couldn't be more proud. Yeah. I couldn't be more proud. That's really cool. Well, I'm glad you liked that. As always, trust your gut. And play to win.